talk about getting our fight back. If you lost your fight, you're going to get it back before the end of the night, okay? Sometimes we just need to be encouraged to know that God's with us and you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you, right? And here's the thing. I, there, you know, sometimes we end up with mountains in front of us. You know, that mountain can be anything. It could be, you know, something generationally we've been carrying around, old stuff that we've been carrying around. It could be roadblocks in our lives that help that prevent us from going to a higher place, going to the, to the places that we really desire and that God has already prepared for us. But sometimes there's just a mountain in front of us. And I'm telling you, we need to learn to speak to the mountains because that's what the Bible says, right? It says to speak to the mountains. And when we speak to those mountains and believe, right, we've got to speak to them, believe, and then they'll go. Then they're going to go. So we have to, you know, I just want our faith to be increased a little tonight, like every week, right? But if you would, just go with me to Luke chapter 5. We're pretty much going to stay parked there. I will wander a little, but... I think uh, I'm confident we can stay on point, and I will have other scriptures as usual. But, but I just want to talk to you about just getting our fight back, because the Lord is really preparing us. He's preparing an army, you know, and uh, Joel's army, right? With the Spirit of God's poured out on us. I believe that, that the Spirit of God in these last days, this is one of the things I was talking to the prophetic school about last night, you know, yesterday afternoon was, listen, man, we live in a day, we live in the Joel era, right? Acts chapter 2 era, where God pours out his spirit on all flesh, right? And, and I believe today that we are living in that place and in that time that God is, we need something in our legs to push on. We need a supernatural strength in us that will move us from A to B to C to D, from glory to glory, from strength to strength, Right? And so, really, I'm going to be real simple tonight. It's not going to be anything crazy prophetic, I don't think. But who knows what's going to happen. But I'm just going to really, it's going to be a word that's going to encourage your heart. Okay? So just looking at Luke chapter uh, 5, and I'll get there sometime. Luke chapter 5, starting with verse 1. We're not going. My goodness, usually I map this stuff out. I don't know. Getting enough bookmarks in here. So just read the scripture, verses 1 through 7. So it says, So it was as the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God, that he stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two boats standing by the lake, and, but the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. And he got into, the, and he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and he asked him to put it out from the land. And he sat down and he taught the multitudes from the boat. And he stopped speaking and he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let your nets down for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we've toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I'll let down the net. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish, and their nets were breaking. And so they signaled to their partners on the other boat to come and help them. And they came, and they filled both boats, and so, they began to, and so that they began to sink. And then I'll read verse 8. 
And then when Simon Peter saw this, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I'm a sinful man, O Lord. So, Father, we just thank you tonight for your word. Lord, I ask that you do only what you can do, that is, open it up to us. Holy Spirit, we ask that you put light and illumination on the scripture so that we can hear, understand, receive, and, Lord, walk it out. Lord, we want to be doers of the word. We want, when we receive something tonight, Lord, we want to walk it out. We want to live in it. And not just for a moment. Lord, let it be in, deep in our DNA. Let it be within us that we can walk in truth and in light. And so we bless you, Father, in Jesus' name. So I just see that God wants to speak in a different way to us tonight. Um, he wants to just give an encouraging word. Just something you can take home, something you can walk with, something that's just going to strengthen your legs, something's going to help you in your mind and know that he's with us and he's walking with us, right? And um, listen, there's something that we need to understand, that prayer, right? I'm going to go back on prayer again, right? That the effectual, remember James chapter 5 says the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man well, avails much. Doesn't avail a little. It avails much. And I think if we can just really live by that, right, live by the word of God, when we know that the word is speaking to us, that if we pray, great things will happen. We'll move heaven and earth. We'll move the mountains out of the way. The Holy Spirit, we won't move anything, but the, but the Lord, God Almighty, will move everything out of the way that we're asking. Because we need to believe that what he says is true and what he's spoken to us in our hearts will come to pass it, it, it might, it's not this might come to pass. It will come to pass if you pursue, if you continue to engage, if you continue to pray fast. Whatever the Lord's calling you to, sometimes it's not a fast. Sometimes it's just, come on. I've had encounters that just doesn't happen because I was fasting. It happened because I was just aggravated and upset. Right? Because God said, man, i got to calm the boy down. I'll really freak him out. But it didn't mean that my life wasn't, I've been in pursuit, right? Because God, we, when we we're in pursuit, God will always come and meet us. It doesn't matter if your day's a good day or a bad day, but he's going to meet you anyway, somewhere, sometime. And that doesn't mean either when we're abstinent in our heart and we're fighting with him that he's going to show up because that surely won't get us anywhere. But I'm telling you that God is wanting to come to us as, as, a, as sons, as daughters, and just to release a grace on our lives to be able to pray. Come on, prayer isn't work. Prayer is a joy. I don't know about you, but I'm, the more time I spend with the Lord, the more I love it. The more I don't want to do nothing else. Come on. The more I just really want to press in and touch his, the hem of his garment and, and to feel him uh, just speak to me in the whisper of his word, right? And so... I want you to just really make room tonight for the big things in your life. Because if I look at this scripture, I see a lot of things that, that the Lord's wanting to speak. You know, and one, of, and one of the main things is, you know, we get tired out and we don't believe that the big catch is coming. Come on, that the big thing is going to come. Because, man, I've done it that way before. I, you know, I've all, it's all been done. You know, I've, I've, I've seen, you know, I've seen that scripture before. I know how it works. I've heard that word before, I, you know. And God will sometimes come to you with the same word over and over to almost frustrate you. Am I right? 
He'll come at you with the same thing, and you're like, God, I got, don't you see? I have all these things in the way. Don't you see? The condition for that word is not, it's not good right now. Don't you see, God? And we think God can't see. I'm telling you, we think he can't see our condition. We think he can't see uh, all the things that are going on around us. We think that he is blind, deaf, and dumb. Oh, because we become too familiar with the God we barely even know. Right? And so the Lord is wanting to speak to us in that way. And I, and I feel like he wants to give you some things tonight. Ready? I'm gonna, I'm, it's going to be real systematic. You're going to love this. <laughs> he wants to give us sight. He wants us to know our right. He wants to give us might. And he wants to give us fight. Come on. I don't ever do it like this. What's he talking about sight? Listen. When God's talking about sight, he wants to give you fresh vision, right? I'm always asking the Lord, I, you know, I get vision, but then the vision just, Lord, just expand it a little more so I can see a little further, so I can widen my, my sight, so I can see kind of what's around the corner, because usually what's around the corner is, is the good thing. Come on, the thing you've been waiting for is just around the corner. It usually is, right? Or it's, you know, around the block. It might be two turns, come on, but sometimes it's just right there. You know, and we can receive something from the Lord. But he wants to give us sight so we can know what he's about to do. He wants to give you the ability to see beyond what you naturally see all the time, right? We talk about this all the time. I'll talk to you purple, you know, about it. But really, it's very simple. He wants us to just see things, right? He says in 1 Corinthians 2.9, he says, I has not seen nor ear heard nor has entered the heart of man things which he's prepared for those who love him. Simple scripture. Just get it into your spirit being right now, right? He just wants us to have eyes to see, right? We haven't seen. We don't have eyes to see, but he wants to give it to you. And nor have we heard what the Lord is going to do for us, but come on, he's going to speak to us. And you got to believe that. And the things that he's spoken, he might have to reiterate so that you walk it out with truth and light and power and strength. And sometimes I need to hear a word three, four, five times. just can't listen to my own words. I can't watch myself on television. I can't watch myself or listen to myself. It drives me crazy. So maybe I should preach at myself, right? <laughs> and so he wants, to he wants to close doors. He wants to close us off, off from the usual things. You understand me? There's just some things that the Lord was speaking to me. He just wants to close us down from the things that we always think are normal. And he wants to us to live beyond that. He wants to live us to live an uncommon life. Because we so many times when we're in church and we're in stuff and we're doing stuff, it's just common. Come on, you know with, you know with me, I can get in this place where church culture is just common. Where I just live in this place where I know what's going to happen next. We're going to do three songs. We're going to have a worship time, right? We're going to finish our worship time. Then we're going to take it off. Come on, everything gets so... Right? And God wants us to just, not about breaking cycles, because you got to, you know, some type of order is okay. But I'm saying when we come to before him, never mind even in here. When you come before him yourself, that God wants to speak to you in a way that you haven't heard him before. 
And he wants your resp- the response of your heart in this place where, God, I can do that. Because all he's waiting for is a yes and amen, right? I, I'm telling you guys. He's just waiting for the yes, right? And he sometimes, sometimes, sometimes we opt in our minds, but we opt out in our hearts. You understand what I'm saying? Sometimes I say, yeah, God, you'll do that. But then in the back of my mind or my heart, it's really the, the, come on, it's really the throne of my spirit, man. It's really my heart that's saying, God, I don't believe you can do that. I'm the only one in the room, right? I'm telling you, because it, it's too good. This is the thing that he's been speaking to me this week. When you think it's too good to be true, it's true. I'm telling you. God wants us to start thinking that way. When I, th- the Lord, he kind of rebuked me this week. He said, you think it's too good to be true? It's really true. You know, even, even to, even like it was strange on Saturday, because I just prayed for this young guy, and he got, it was just like when we were in Philippines. It was strange, because it wasn't like, I was like about to do the Randy Clark thing. Is it 50%? And you know, <laughs> is, it tw- is it 90%? He's like, no, dude, I'm done. I'm, it's good. I'm good. You know? And then he's like, wait, wait, wait. I, I'll be back. He takes his phone. I think he was calling someone. I say, you won't believe what happened. I'm telling you. I know he did. Anyway, I connected with him. I'm going to meet him again. He lives down in Lynn. It's good. So I, I'm excited. But I just was, it was so easy. You understand what I'm saying? That we can believe God for the ease. And this is what I said. You know, I'm driving back, and I said, God, that was so easy. He's like, yeah, I know. Too good to be true. It's too good to be true. And he is so good, and he wants to release things to us, and he wants us to have that sight. He wants us to be able to see that. He wants you to be able to see the things that you haven't seen before in the everyday things. And I believe that. I believe he's going to do that for you. And I believe he's going to do that for me in a greater way. And by God, it's bigger than the ordinary. And don't be so familiar that we dismiss things. Because even, even in this word tonight, it's, it's going to be nice. It's going to be pretty packaged. And it, just don't, it, there's power in it. And I'm not saying that to pump you up. I'm just saying there can be a simple word. That's what we were saying the other night, too. In prophetic class, and I said it, I reiterated it to, to the prophetic class I was at at Saturday. Sometimes the simple is powerful, right? And so God can speak to you simple things, right? Like that little thing that I just shared with you. God, it's too good to be true. Yeah, it is. But it's true. That's so good. Like, come on, I want to live out of that for the next, you know, 50 years. That I'm going to believe him to release the goodness of God over our lives and over my family and over this ministry and every person in here. That we receive something outside of the ordinary. Come on. He's not just an ordinary God. Right? And so God, he's, he's big. He's amazing. And so just reading verse 4, he stopped speaking. He's there. Come on. He's giving a message. He's on the back of Peter's boat now, and he's, he's talking because people were pressing in on him. He's trying to get away from people now, and he's out in the water. And he stops speaking so he can speak. And he may be speaking one way that way, but he's got something else he wants to say to you 
in this way. You know, he may be speaking a whole message to someone else, but then he's speaking to the multitudes, but then he's speaking to you. Are you hearing me? He, it doesn't mean that he, come on, he's watching something else going on, and then he turns to us, and he speaks to us something completely different than he's speaking to the multitudes. I thought that was an amazing truth. Because you just look at Jesus sitting there, and then you can just see. I can picture, see, I try and picture these whole things in my mind. What God's doing, what he's doing, you know, hanging on the back of Peter's boat, and then what he's saying to them. And he's hanging with fishermen now. Come on. It's a rough bunch. I grew up in Gloucester. Come on. They're tough. And so there he is. He's in the boat now, and then he speaks to him, and he says, launch out into the deep and let down your nets. And, and I just want you to say that something, like, I can see Peter's face, him just looking at him going, like, we didn't know that. Like, I didn't know I'm a fisherman, and I didn't know I'm supposed to do that. Like, and sometimes we talk to God like that, I feel like. I feel like sometimes when he comes to us and he says something simple, like, why don't you just do that? And I'm like, what do you think I've been doing? <laughs> really? Come on, I'm telling you. What do you think I've been doing, God? I've, I've, that's my reiteration to the Lord. What do you think I've been doing? Well, just try it this way. No, just do it one more time. All he's saying, do it one more time. That's a powerful truth right there. If you just don't quit and you start, it's just like that. It's just like the arrows in Elisha. Don't just, you know, strike three times. You got to strike four. You got to strike five. You got to strike six times. You got to shoot the arrows of deliverance into the, into the places where you. Well, you're aiming. So just continue to allow the Lord to speak. And if he says the same thing again, then do the same thing again. Words of knowledge are brutal. <laughs> Sometimes I'm like, man, is that the same word of knowledge? I'm not doing it. Is that the same prophetic word? Uh-uh. You got to give me some creativity in that. I know, I'm the only one. I'm preaching at myself. But he wants us to realize that when he speaks, we've got to see past what he's saying. You got to see around the corner, right? Then he wants to give us an understanding of our right. What's that look like? Because it says that he's predestined. You, all your stuff is all ready. You know that? Your account in heaven, I was thinking of this today. My account in heaven is all set. Like it's just waiting for me to tap into. It's waiting for you to tap into. But it's all your rights in the kingdom. It's all the right to an inheritance that you've been given. And all of us need to know that God has already given us that place where we can sit in the place, right, next to him, seated in heavenly places, and move from the throne. Not, it's not our throne, it's his throne. Come on. But we move from dominion because he's given us things. He's given us rights. He's given us privileges. He's given us things as children, as sons and daughters of God. 
that he wants to give to you in a fresh way that you'd understand and you'd know and you'd walk into it and you'd step into it. So it's already been predetermined. It's already been set apart. And there is an account. It's limitless, right? And so he says this. He says in Luke 5.5, 5, right? 5.5 5 now. He said, but Simon answered and said to him, what I just said, what? <laughs> Master, see, me and Peter get along fine. Master, we've toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I'll let down the net. It was an all right. And in the all right, we just need to release things to the Lord, right, so that we can pull, pull. you got to pull. That's what the net is. You're pulling on your harvest. You're pulling on your inheritance. It's already there. It's already under the water. It's already swimming around. It's already kind of moving around right where you are. It's right underneath you. But the way we try, come on, we do it in our own strength. We do it in our time. We don't ask the Lord for any wisdom. And then all of a sudden what happens is God says one more time, just do it one more time. Just do it one more time, one more time, and just pull. And when we pull, then comes the harvest, right? Master, we told on. So faith in the spoken word, right? You have to believe what the word says about you. Right, it goes back to identity, it goes back to that message, right, that God has made you, he's predestined you, you're made righteous, all these things, right, just about who you are. But really, the inheritance that you have is way down the line, no, it's not far away, it's right underneath you. You should probably look at your neighbor and say it's right underneath you, especially if they're sleeping. See, there's power in the manifested word. When we believe something, there's power in it. If you don't believe it, you can't take it. And I believe in the sovereignty of God. I believe God will do things, but that's because he's God and I'm not. Right? And so the Holy Spirit wants us to grab hold of the truth that faith comes by hearing, right? By hearing what we just went through. And hearing by what? The spoken word of God. The written word of God. Everything that God has written is true. I want a prophecy. God, give me one out of here. Because it's, it's better than man's spoken word. Come on. And if he gives me a truth and a promise out of here, then the Holy Spirit is going to just, come on, it should ignite inside of my spirit. And so that's what we're believing for. The right. Mark eleven twenty two, when Jesus answered them, he said, have faith in God. For surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things that he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. What did he say? He will have whatever he says? Wait a second. That's too good to be true. Maybe the name of this message should be, it's too good to be true. Whatever he says, it'll be done. And then we start figuring out what our motives are. Well, 
it's true if I'm doing this, this, and this. No, you're right as a child of God is that he wants to give you good gifts. And he wants to give you things, right? Freely. Freely you receive, freely you give. Except for the price tag I told you in Mark 10. The mantles. They cost you something. But it says, whoever says, first got to confess. Yeah, we're going to get into some faith teaching right now. Whoever says, whoever confesses, whoever speaks the word, because that's what we, I don't do it. I realized this the other day, I don't do it. I don't declare something over my life a lot. I don't declare it over the ministry a lot. I think I got to start, I mean, I declare stuff, but in my prayer time, I don't like say, I don't say. It's here in my heart, but I, the Lord's saying, I want you to start speaking things out of your mouth because why? Because it has power when you speak it forth, right? And so he sa whoever says, and then here's the key, don't doubt in your heart. Oh, it's too good to be true. I know it is, but it's true. It's good, and he wants to release that to you. So he says, don't doubt in your heart, and then believes those things. That's a double belief. Come on, I got I to gotta not doubt. I got to get rid of all doubt, unbelief, and then I got to believe. So you got to remove it so you can replace it with true faith. Because true faith is believing that God did say something and that I'll walk in it. It's believing that he gave you a little word of knowledge that you're going to say to someone, and then when you say it, something happens and something activates in their life, right? When you receive something for someone, it's believing that when you have a situation in your life and then you begin to speak contrary to the bad, come on, don't begin to give in because what happens is we start agreeing with the situation that's nasty, and God's saying, I don't want you agreeing with anything that's not good anymore. I want you to agree with what I'm saying, what, I, what I'm saying, and what you're seeing with my eyes, right? You have to believe by faith. And so then believe those things. And the result is when we ask, pray, believe, ask, pray, believe, we receive. It's just easy, isn't it? It should be. So, Father, we're just asking for all unbelief to go out of our hearts right now. Lord, we don't want any, of unbelief, any unbelief. And teach us how to speak and declare those things you want to manifest in our lives. You want to manifest in our families. You want to manifest throughout the region. You want to manifest in every situation in our lives. God, we thank you. Thank you. So then he says this, right? We believe the word that he spoke. He says, nevertheless, I'll do it. I'll do it. And then when he had done this, a great number of fish, right? What did they need then? They needed strength. They needed might. They needed power. They needed the thing to be able to pull it in, right? You need to be able to see, because if God all of a sudden, all of a sudden the things that you've been believing God for all of a sudden begin to start to happen and activate, guess what? Then I need strength. Then I need might. Then I need the power within, right, that only comes from him. I need the power to do it. I need the, come on, the ability 
the grace, the thing within myself is not going to work. But the power that comes from God will always work. Right? Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. Right? It says, finally, brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Why do you need might? Because what happens when you begin to step and try and walk into purpose, when you begin to step and walk into the activation, the things that God is calling you to do, when you begin to try and break off the old stuff that's holding you back, the enemy is always coming back at you, and that's why you need to give the armor of God all over yourself, right? You need to put the armor on. You need to keep it on. You need to put it on your head and your mind so that you are away. You're outside of the touch of the enemy, right? It says, says this, it says, finally, brethren, be strong in the Lord. Be strong in the Lord. Be strong in what? In the Lord. Be strong in the Lord. In the Lord, in the Lord. And the power, right, of his might. And so I can't do it on my own strength, right? Sometimes, come on, when you do things on your own strength and you're trying to figure things out in your own natural mind and you were trying to, come on, figure it out and work it, working our stuff with God's stuff, you get tired out. You know, it was interesting because, yeah, last week someone gave me a word. I got a couple of good words, actually, from the last two weeks. Someone gave me words lately. I'm like, yeah, that's good, and that's good. But um, it was about the bus that he, he saw my face. It was a dream. And he saw my face, and he saw, heard my voice. But he said the same voice was in the bus, in the bus driver, but he was much bigger. Come on, that's good. That's a good dream. And that all kind of, you know, he pulled the bus pulled up and there was a few people on it. But then the next time the bus pulled in, there was a lot of people on it. And so the Holy Spirit's saying what? Let me drive the bus. I was on the bus, but I was driving the bus. Come on, but God looked like me. Didn't I say that a few weeks ago? God looks like you, and you look like him. ha, <laughs> ha. It's too good to be true, I know. It's too good to be true, Damon. It's way too good to be true. But it's true. And so I believe this, that the Holy Spirit was speaking clearly. And he thought it was for Saturday, and I'm like, I don't think so. I think it's for a bigger picture, right? It might have been for Saturday. We saw the Lord just do things. But I believe this. I believe that the Holy Spirit is saying this. Listen, when we get out of the way, when we just let him drive, Come on, bus driver God. He wants to drive. Come on, he can drive my Mercedes. You guys, good. I'm glad you're laughing. I'm glad you're laughing. He can drive my truck. How's that? But the Holy Spirit wants to be the driver. He doesn't want us driving. And sometimes I'm like, I want to take the wheel. And he's like, nope. So we got to let God take the wheel and run and let us drive with him because he's got this bus. It's a good thing, right? Be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. And I just want to, you know, when we receive the strength of God, it's the most amazing thing. I don't know. Has anyone ever felt that, like, physically? Because tonight maybe we need to. I really feel like the, the strength of God on when it comes on you, you can do anything. I mean, sometimes when I'm in the anointing, sometimes I feel like I can do anything, right? 
There's been certain times when I felt like God's presence so strong, but he wants to do that in your daily life. You hear what I'm saying? Like even the even even Saturday, I'm in with 12 people in the in the room, and I just felt this tangible presence of God. Like I'm like God, I could jump the window, and I'm, I'm in a big tall building in Boston, I could fly. That's how I felt. But I felt strong. I felt the strength of God. And then what happens when you get out in your humanness? You get out from under that. Guess what happens? <laughs> I lose all my juice, like all my physical juice is like I need a nap. But God wants to do that for you. He wants to give you his power, his strength, so that you know that it's him, and you know you're empowered, and you know he anoints what you're interested in. Can we believe that? That he's, he really does. He wants to anoint your, what you're doing. It doesn't just mean church and ministry and, and prayer. and It's everything, right? He wants to give you strength to do everything. Right? See, he's preserved me all these years. Banging rocks. Come on. I'm stronger than when I started. I'm thicker, my wife says. <laughs> oh, oh, my finger. That's all right. It's just an appendage. It'll heal. Look, acceleration. <laughs> it was bad. It was bad. I'm like, oh, it's like the menace of Tom Brady. My finger. Smash. Uh, okay. The fight. Ready? The last thing. God wants to kick our fight. Right? He wants, he wants us to learn to fight and contend. What is fight? Fight is contending for your inheritance. Right? And I got, really, this is what happens. Right? So how can this happen? God wants to give us the fight. He wants to give us strength. And, and strength also comes when we partner with others, right? You see Peter and John. You know, they were kind of split up on the boat. This is the very beginning when he met them, right? They're like hanging out. They're fishing. And they get this crazy load of fish. And he's like, dudes. And they fill both boats, and they're both going to sink, right? The, the boats were having a rough time. But you, sometimes we need to partner with others. Come on, that's what the unity of the body is, right? That we gather together, that we believe together. And sometimes, can I just say, it's probably not just New England, but I notice it in New England, that people, when they get sick, they don't tell us. Come on. When they're having a hard time, sometimes they don't tell us till four, five, six, eight, twelve 12 weeks later. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> really. When we're having a rough time, you need, to, you need to partner with people to pray. You know? Because we just try and we want, oh, I can handle it. No, you, yeah, you probably can. But I was going to say, no, you can't. But you can. But you don't need to. Are you hearing me? And God wants us to, come on, not just we get strengthened together, but we fight together. Because it does say in the Bible to bear one another's burdens, doesn't it? It does tell us to just walk together. And when two agree, come on, there's power. And so God wants us to come together and really believe God together for what he's doing. And so I just, the first thing that came to fight when I started thinking about fighting and contending for inheritance is, is numbers. And we'll just go there. Because remember the story, right? They're going out. There's spies in the land. This, you know, Moses sends out 12 spies, 
Look at your neighbor say, bad idea. Yeah. <laughs> Next time, just two, the good guys, right? But here's the thing. So he sends out the 12 spies, and they go into the land, and they see amazing things, right? They had it down. They had sight. They, had, they saw a vision. They had a vision, but they also saw the bad things. They saw the giants, sons of Anak, right, living, and they were big. And come on, they had big fruit. They had lots of fruit that was big. Come on. Grapes the size of our heads. Come on. Said that they had two men had to bring one cluster together. That's not a little bit of grapes, guys. And you, and you were born to eat the grapes. Do you know that? You were born to really grab hold of and really live in that inheritance, the good land, right? The, the land filled with milk and honey. And so they went there, and then two guys came back with a good report. They said, this place is amazing. The fruit's there, the honey's there, the, the, come on, the valleys are amazing, the green. We could just go hang out there, we'll be fine. <laughs> and the children of Israel, you got the, ten, the other ten that said, no, no, there's giants there, we can't live, we're going to die. Right, so just go there with me, uh, Numbers chapter 13. Days. I didn't mark nothing off my Bible. Oh, there it is. So it says this, verse 27, the end of it, it truly flows with milk and honey. And this is its fruits. And nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. And the cities are fortified and very large. And moreover, we saw the, the descendants of Anak, Right? And Caleb's like this, verse 30. Caleb's like, quiet. He quiets everyone because they're all getting in a tizzy. Come on. They're all losing their cool, and they're all afraid. Come on. Fear can bring a lot of crazy confusion. And so we can't operate out of fear, but God wants us to live in this place where Caleb lives, right? He's like, shut up. He quiets everyone down. And he's, he quiets the people before Moses, and he said, let us go up. At once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. That's a good word. But the men who had gone up said to him, We are not able to go up against the whole people, and they are stronger than we. And what did Caleb end up saying? Caleb ended up saying, Listen, these guys are bread for us. It's like they're toast. We're God's, we're God's people. And see, this is what we got to do. It goes back to our right. You know your identity. You know who you are. You know who God created you to be. So here you go. You go into the place where God calls you, and come on, we come into some contention. Because it will happen. I promise you it will happen. You'll contend. Certain people aren't going to like you. You'll contend. You're not the most popular person in the crowd. You'll contend. You're feeling bad about yourself, maybe a little insecure. You'll contend. Come on, stuff happening in your family. You just God will resolve it, but you got to contend. Maybe there's some health problems going on in your body, and but this is the this is the truth that you have to contend sometimes for healing. You have to contend sometimes to stay free. You have to contend when there's things going on. And so God wants us to grab hold of this. And then in verse, chapter 14, verse 24, 
You know, Caleb says this, listen, they're our bread. We're going to eat them alive. They're not, they got nothing against us. We're the army of God. And then in 1424, he says, this is what, this is the Lord's declaration over Caleb. He's my servant because he has a different spirit in him and has followed me, what, wholly or fully. And I will bring into the land where he went his descendants and he, his descendants shall inherit it. Listen. So many times, right, it was, it was just him and Joshua at the end, right? Him and Joshua at the end. The whole generation passed away in the wilderness. And so you want to be that one that has the spirit of Caleb. You want to be that one, which, by the way, means biting dog. Yeah, it's like a pit bull that bites and doesn't let go. Caleb, Joshua, basically Jesus. But God is bringing a spirit on the church that they will not quit. He wants to release a spirit that will be on your life that you won't quit, you won't give up. You'll live in the place of promise. And even if you see the promise that is not before, you won't stop. You won't quit. You won't let go of the promise. Right? Because God's given promise. It's there. What did I say? It's under the boat. It's in the net. And sometimes you don't have the strength to pull it up, but God's going to release the strength for you to pull it up. He's going to give you a spirit of Caleb, a different spirit that what? Is wholly following the Lord. It's not like, ah, sometimes I part-time live with Jesus. No. It's like you wholly follow devoutly give your life to Jesus and follow him. Amen? So that's what he wants to do for you tonight. He wants to just give you a fresh spirit of Caleb on your life. He wants to put the fight back inside of you. And any place, and, it, I, and I'm not saying, you know, I don't feel like everyone in here is discouraged. I feel like, like I said, it's a, the state of the union is good. But I'm just making sure, come on, we just contend. We keep contending that you live with the spirit of Caleb inside of you. It's really the spirit of Jesus. It's the overcomer. God wants us to be overcomers. He wants us to live out of that spirit where we overcome and recover all. It was David, right, that was in Ziklag. Remember that story? That he was there and he was in, in Ziklag and it was bad news. Like he, he was with the Motley crew and they were, they were running for their lives. And he's trying to get into the place where he was called. He's trying to get into destiny. He's trying to live in the purpose. And what they do is they go, they take all their wives, all their children, and they take them off, and they burn the city. And what did he do? He gives himself to the Lord. He gives himself completely to the Lord. And the Lord speaks to him. He says, go back there and get him. Don't deal with someone coming in and taking your stuff because the enemy always wants to come in and take your stuff. He wants to take your identity. He wants to take all your goods. He wants to take your prosperity out of you. He wants to do things to mess with you. Because that's all he's got left is to mess with your head. But you have the mind of Christ, and God is going to give you the spirit of God inside of you. The spirit that breaks. Come on, you have a break, breaker anointing on your life. That nothing that comes against you will really stick. Come on, it'll just be a bam. 
and you'll step forward. Because every time you get hit, you move forward a little more. And every time you get hit, you move forward in a little more. And if, if, if you're like me, you just put your chin down a little lower. Really, let him hit you. I don't know. I don't like that thought, but if he's going to do it, just do it now. I'm not, come on, I'm not messing with the enemy. I don't want to do that. But I'm telling you, when stuff comes against you, you've got to get that stance, right? Because what did they have when they, when in, those, in the army, even the picture of the, of, of the, um, the armor? They would move forward and they would plant their feet. Right? The gospel of peace. Oh, it's peace that keeps you from pushing into the enemy. And then they take another step, right? And I think they had spikes on their feet too. So they were locked in and they couldn't be pushed back. And they had faith, what? To shield all the fiery darts. Anything the enemy is going to throw against you, that there was fiery darts. That there's not anything that's going to come in against you or your family or anything that's going on in your life. Come on. There's, we'll, we'll always contend with things, right? It won't ever go away. But I'm telling you, God's going to bring us into a place where we're, at, we're living higher, we're living above, we're living in our rights, we're living from the account of heaven, we're living not below, but we're living above and not beneath, beneath like the, the Scripture tells us. And we live by faith and not by sight. Because if I start looking at all the things that are, come on, being shot at me, The armor was on the front, because if you turn and run, you'll get taken out. Anyway, stand. We'll leave it on that. That's, I don't know if that's an encouraging note. <laughs> so again, we're just going to thank God for what he's brought us through. You thank Jesus right now for what he's brought you through. Because he's got higher place he wants to bring you. He's going to give you greater sight. Father, we pray for greater sight right now. I just declare that. That you give us the sight. You give us the sight. Lord, release fresh vision on everyone in here. Lord, help us to see everything around us, Lord, that you're doing. And Lord, let us see it through redemptive eyes. Even if some things seem a little messed up. Even if we don't seem all together, Father, I ask that you give us sight to know that deliverance is just around the corner. And Lord, I thank you that you are putting in each one of us right now the understanding of our inheritance, the understanding of our rights as citizens of the King. Lord, just release that now over every one of us. And Holy Spirit, we thank you. We ask, Lord, that you release that strength, that might, that power that only comes from the Holy Spirit. And I thank you that that's going to equip us to fight and move forward. Lord, we love you. We thank you. We bless you. Lord, I thank you for your presence in this room right now. Lord, anyone in here who needs strength in the midst of the stretch, in the midst of you stretching us, God, I thank you. 
Lord, release a grace and a favor on people. Lord, I pray for breakthrough for each individual in this place right now. Lord, things that we've been believing for, Father, they just begin to percolate and begin to brew and pop up. Lord, I thank you for your hand that comes into our lives to move us and to position us into the place where we're going to prosper. And I just declare over every person in this place that they would prosper in the place where they're planted. Father, if you're, if you're desiring to move anyone into any anything that they're not in right now, Father, I pray that you'd move and you'd speak and you'd be clear. Lord, I thank you for the strength of God inside of every person right now. And so just release that strength, God. Release the ability. Release the power, God. Release the fresh oil that we'd walk stronger than we did, even this morning, Father. That there'd be just a strength inside of us. The anointing that abides inside of us would take us to the next place. And we love you, God. We thank you tonight. We ask that you release just that peace. Thank you for the light of favor. I just feel like that's the big thing tonight, that there's a light of favor on your life that people aren't realizing. So, Father, just release that over everyone's life right now, that the light of favor would come to us, that we'd come into it in a new way, that we'd see you who, for who you are, and we'd see the goodness of who you are. Yes, too good to be true, uh-huh, but it's true.